Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. No, I'm not for sale. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. And uh, again, we see exactly pretty much what we expected to see uh, for the most part as far as uh, final score goes with the Colts hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night, Turkey Day no less. So I hope that you guys got a full belly and uh, were at least, um, you know, uh, reserved in what your expectations were going to be with the Colts uh, this game. And the Colts end up dropping it 28-7 to uh, to Pittsburgh. Colts had, I mean, long story short, Colts had a ton of opportunities, even with Scott Tolzien um, under center. He played a pretty good ball game as well uh better than i expected of course and i i would assume better than most of you expected as well he was solid he didn't do anything great but he he made you know he stood tall took a bunch of shots thursday night and you know that's uh more than you can expect from a lot of uh backup quarterbacks in the nfl that's for sure so um man what did we see tonight where to start uh the first couple of possessions there really wasn't a whole lot of out of Tolzien uh he had only about one solid throw outside the numbers to TY but that's about it I mean in the beginning he was getting the ball to Allen a lot in the middle of the field pretty much exclusively uh the defense was pretty bad in the in the early Bell was basically tiptoeing but in the backfield and you know getting just about whatever he wanted any time inside or outside didn't really make much of a difference there was no edge being set at all for the Colts early in the game Perry was playing pretty well, uh, getting some pressure up the middle. Not necessarily pressure, but he was getting, uh, he was beating uh, his assignment up the middle for the most part. Uh, Butler played well in a couple uh, situations at, at safety. Fonte Davis was the real bummer, though, for me in the secondary. And this has been an ongoing thing with him against Antonio Brown. He just has not played well at all. Uh, Antonio Brown consistently shakes him and beats him deep. In fact, Vontae's been beat deep uh, several times this year. And uh, even on the uh, what what maybe should have been an interception from Butler there in the end zone, uh, Vontae got shook out of his shoes on that play too. So, I mean, yes, uh, Butler rotated over well and, you know, is a pretty good coverage guy for safety. And that's why I think they played him a lot tonight as well when you consider the injury to Gethers, but they played him in uh, training camp back there a lot, you know, when Gethers was hurt initially. So he's, he's, he knows what he's doing back there and he does a pretty good job. And that's very interesting um, to have him back there because he is a bit of a ball hawk and it kind of suits him and this Colts defense pretty well. I think in general, Vontae got just murdered uh, for a couple touchdowns. His lack of ball skills is just really kind of pathetic. I mean, you see this anytime he even gets a shot to, intercept a ball he just he just can't he's got you know iron hands 
and uh, he doesn't uh, track the ball well on you know turn. He just doesn't play the ball well. His ball skills are just kind of garbage, and that that hurts. You know, uh, he's a pretty good coverage guy, but you're seeing his speed fall off the table uh, the older he gets and the more injuries he gets to his lower body. His lower body, and that's just something that uh, is going to end up coming with it. They're going to have to you know they they can't rely on Vontae to uh, just follow the best receiver anymore, especially a guy who can get deep on him because Vontae's deep skills are limited anymore. So, um, you know, anything from about uh, anything in front of him, that's for sure. You know, he crosses the field well, still in coverage. Um, But, you know, anything that anybody can beat him deep on, you know, Vontae's going to get beat. That's, I mean, just with anybody with any speed is going to going to take him. So also early in the game, we saw there was nothing really there in the running game at all. Gore, I think in the first half had 11 carries for 16 yards. I mean, there was just nothing there. We lost a few guys to injury. Kelly almost right away. Good got hurt pretty early in the game as well. He ended up coming back, but also ended up leaving later on in the game. Um, ultimately the only excitement in the first was the fake punt that worked for a 35 yard pass from McAfee to swoop. And that was just about it. I mean, at that one point <laughs> I even put this on Twitter cause I just thought it was, a uh, insane that McAfee had 30% of the Colts passing yards on just one play. And, uh, it just, you know, it wasn't looking really good real early. Um, so I mean, Moncrief ended up catching a touchdown from Tolzien. Uh, there was really good ball placement on that. You know, I thought Tolzien, like I said, had a pretty good game. That got the Colts within a touchdown. Uh, Vinatieri had missed a field goal earlier in the game. You know, he now missed field goals in back-to-back games after making 44 straight to start the season. So, I mean, there were situations. What was it? Eric Walden was in man coverage versus Virgil Green on a third and long. I mean, come on. what What is what is that? I mean, that's a, you just can't afford to have that. Eric Walden's not going to cover a tight end. He's not going to cover anybody. There's no reason to be having him in in that kind of a, a coverage. If anything, uh, if you want to drop him, he has to drop into a zone. You can't have him in man, especially on a, a tight end, uh, not to mention being the only receiver and the only coverage on that side of the field. That was just stupid. I mean, it just didn't make any sense at all. You know, like I said, Monte got beat a few times for touchdowns, and I just don't understand. I'm, I'm trying to figure out when Pagano and Monachino We'll give him some help over the top because they're, you know, this, like I said, this is an ongoing thing. Uh, they started doing it in the second half there when actually when Vontae was out of the game, but they should have been doing it when he was in the game because this is something that we've seen in past seasons. Antonio just murders him. And, you know, at one point we saw a nice play from Patrick Robinson uh, where he nearly picked off uh, Roethlisberger on a deep throw to, to Sammy Coates. It was really nice coverage in that part, but you know, that would uh, few and far between where we saw any kind of uh, good plays like that. I mean, Rashawn Melvin, for the most part, played really good tonight. And then, you know, he gets beat. And I think that was a little more of Mike Adams failing to rotate over in time. Uh, he didn't really have any assignment towards the middle of the field. There was really no reason for him to be that late, but he was. And, uh, you know, just plenty of that stuff. I mean, there was just, you know, as, there was nothing tonight that was Scott Tolzien's fault necessarily. I mean, his his late interceptions were garbage. I mean, they were terrible throws. Uh, and you you can, you know, that that's just desperation. But, you know, I'm not holding that against him, uh, regardless of what I think about his overall skill set. I mean, that just wasn't, uh, that had no effect on the game whatsoever. Those are, like I said, those are desperation throws trying to make something happen 
Although, you know, the last one was kind of ridiculous trying to throw into triple coverage. I'm not real sure why he eyeballed uh, Moncrief the entire way down the field on that when he knew that that was exactly what was going to happen deep. There was a couple good throws from Tolzien that were dropped, and I'll say more than a couple, actually. It was really good toss to T.Y. down the sideline uh, that he just blew past Cockrell, and T.Y. dropped it, and it probably would have been a touchdown. I don't know that there was anybody over there um at all and then a little bit later Tolzien hit ty in traffic and he took a huge hit which ended up putting him out for the game but it was a really nice catch and it really set the you know put the colts in really good position colts couldn't do anything with it though you know colts get a first and goal inside what the five or six yard line and and do nothing with it ultimately Pitt takes over inside of their own five, I think inside the one-yard line, actually, because Tolzien ended up getting down to the one. Another drop, I mean, just, you know, the the pass there on that play to Chester Rogers in this situation, it was off target, but I couldn't really tell if maybe Rogers should have sat down in that zone or if it was just a bad throw. Uh, probably a little bit of both. I don't really know. It didn't really make much of a difference. You know, in the second half, the Colts were looking pretty decent. They were holding the Steelers to nothing. I mean, the Steelers only scored one more touchdown the entire night, and the Colts did pretty good on defense. I mean, you can only ask for so much of this. You know, Colts take over at the 10-yard line. Tolzien ends up uh, on their first drive converting several third-down opportunities, even converts a fourth and four. Uh, it, it You know, uh, situations like this, I know that they feel – that there's only so much you can do with Tolzien at quarterback and, and stuff like that. But they went for it on fourth down, I think, three times in the game, uh, converted two of the three. And, I mean, it just it blows my mind that when Luck's in the game, we're not seeing that kind of stuff. We're seeing Vinatieri on automatic, you know, for the most part. There's a couple where he's taken the fourth down opportunities inside the five-yard line, um, but a, a couple times throughout the season, you know, talking three-fourth down uh, opportunities in one game from the backup quarterback that kind of just blows my mind but uh, their their first drive was fantastic and Tolzien was fantastic in that uh, situation Dorsett ended up dropping a touchdown uh, Moncrief dropped a, a, a ball inside the five yard line I mean there was just so many things that just blew my mind in this game the Colts ended up losing Ryan Kelly Vontae Davis T.Y. Hilton uh, in the end, they ended up losing Mathis and Good, like I said. Now, when we look at kind of the end result uh, of it all, I see a whole lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda type stuff. You know, uh, if Luck was in the game, we'd have won this. No, you wouldn't have because those guys wouldn't catch the ball regardless. Those were perfect passes from Tolzien. You know, like I, I was not in favor of Tolzien starting. You know what I mean? You guys heard me last week or earlier this week. Uh, talk about that I was not in favor of him starting because I just did I, he's just so limited he doesn't offer that much um, but he had a fantastic game for him I mean <laughs> what do you want me to say I, I mean it's not even about being wrong it's just about what we saw we saw him throw really good passes he was on target and the Colts receivers dropped him plain and simple you know and, and they and not only did they just drop passes they dropped big passes they dropped touchdown potential dr- touchdown passes we saw a missed field goal from Vinatieri. We saw a drop from Moncrief, like I said, inside the five-yard line. If luck was in or uh, this and that, and if this happened, that would have happened. Look, the Steelers' game plan is not to only throw 20 times with Roethlisberger if luck's in the game. I can tell you that right off the jump. When you look at 23 carries from Le'Veon Bell, 
that's about what they wanted to give him. But they didn't even have to run very many plays because they were scoring on everything. So when you get uh, in, in a situation where you have Andrew Luck, who you consider a major threat to be in the game, you are going for the jugular if you are Pittsburgh. You are not sitting back, waiting back, and just allowing uh, Scott Tolzien to go down the field, hoping he makes a mistake, because that's ultimately what you're doing. You're playing solid defense, or at least you know uh, solid underneath defense, kind of like the Colts do in late games, and you're just waiting for the quarterback to make a mistake. Ultimately, in the end, he made a couple of mistakes, but the bottom line is, is that that's what their game plan turns into when you have a backup in and not and not uh, Andrew Luck. So I don't, I'm not, I don't buy any of this stuff. I mean, he only threw seven passes in the second half. Roethlisberger did. I mean, that doesn't happen if Andrew Luck's in the game. Okay. Um, not only that, but we have the Colts secondary just getting waxed by Antonio Brown in situations and, and they just were picking their spots. Pittsburgh was, they, they had no problem taking this Colts secondary down. Uh, the Colts were in dime a lot of times in first down situations against uh, Pittsburgh in the, in the shotgun formation with Roethlisberger and, and Bell right next to him. And I mean, why pass the ball in that situation? You know, let Bell run the ball. But when you look at the big picture, the bottom line is is that the Steelers changed their game plan by the drive. Okay, there was a couple drives there, three maybe four drives where the Colts did really good in def- on defense, but the Steelers are not scared of that because there's nobody on the other side of the field that stretches the field when Luck's not in the game. I can I can guarantee you that there isn't anybody on that Pittsburgh sideline that thought Scott Tolzien was going to beat anybody deep. He did in a couple times, uh, a couple opportunities, but they just, I mean, what happened? We saw what happened. The Colts can't handle opportunity. You know, uh, Dorsett drops a ball. Uh, T.Y., who ended up catching a ball, that one across the middle where he ended up getting hurt, like I said, I have no idea how he hung on to that ball. Of course, it did bounce around a little bit. It stayed off the ground, though. I mean, Tolzien ended up going 22 of 36 for 205, a touch and, a, and two picks. We saw a little bit of Jordan Todman at the end. Now, I know I've been on his uh, train, but listen – and uh, just relax a little bit on that if you were saying if you're gonna say, man, Todman was awesome. Look, they were in absolute prevent defense there. Okay, that, I mean they're dying package where they have basically one defensive tackle and everybody else is dropping in coverage or just you know waiting to smother the running game. So Todman picked up a lot of yards on three carries, 37 yards. But those some of those yards are gimme yards but what you do see out of Todman is you see how explosive he can be uh, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't just try to give him a screen pass in that situation but like I said the uh, Pittsburgh defense were in were in a dime package so they you know nothing was going to really go anywhere Gore only ended up with 28 yards on 15 carries that's pathetic and it's not on Gore that's on that line that line did terrible run blocking tonight I mean they couldn't do anything you had Doyle and Allen in there in a ton of packages and they couldn't run block and I don't mean the tight ends uh, specifically but they had a, their heavy package in there many times and none of them could run block tonight if you want to say that Kelly had that big of an impact he might have but Harrison's strong suit is clearly run blocking at center so I mean you know if you want to consider that to be uh, maybe a reason but I, I don't you know the Colts just couldn't run block as a unit tonight uh, plain and simple Hilton ended up leading the Colts with uh, three catches for 54 yards Allen had five catches for 49, Moncrief six for 45 and a score. And and that was, you know, 
pretty much it. Swoop only caught that one pass for McAfee for 35 yards. Uh, he, he, you know, Swoop's becoming a little bit more of the uh, in the. He's becoming a little more uh, present in the game plan, you know. But uh, he missed uh, a ball. He was overshot a little bit, and um, you know, I, I tell you what. If if I was more impressed with anything from Tolzien, is it was his accuracy outside the numbers. His first couple throws it worried me because he was overthrowing people uh, really bad, and I just thought this is not going to be good. But he impressed me. He did uh, much better outside the numbers because that was his major downfall in camp. He just was not good. He had to stay between the numbers where he could uh, rely, and uh, you know you have a little more arm strength inside the numbers because you're not throwing laterally as much. Uh, but he went downfield a little bit outside the numbers too, and for the most part, was pretty accurate. You know, uh, pretty really a pretty good game from Tolzien. Uh, impressed, uh, yeah, I was impressed because I didn't expect anything out of him. So um, I, I was pretty impressed. And and again, the Colts defense, you know, uh, their pass rush, uh, more specifically, much more specifically, comes up completely empty with no sacks, uh, very few pressures. I think they had four or five pressures on the night, and it just was nothing I mean they just didn't get anything out of it whatsoever they you know Ben Roethlisberger could sit back there and do whatever he wanted to do uh watch Netflix or you know then throw a ball didn't make a difference you know uh it just was very very soft you know for the most part and a lot of it was uh some of the edge guys were crashing way too laterally down the line of scrimmage and Bell had no problem getting outside the edge at all we didn't even see uh, Eric Walden doing very well tonight at all uh, in the running game. And, you know, some of those guys got shook so bad. Uh, Edwin Jackson got shook a couple times. Just, you know, they just aren't being fundamental when it comes to the simple stuff. And that's a big problem because that's supposed to be where they're uh, strongest or, well, let me put it this way. That's supposed to be Pagano's strength in coaching is his fundamental practice to uh, uh, the secondary and uh, even linebackers, for that matter, uh, as far as their coverage. And we just didn't see much at all, if anything, real quality out of the coverage tonight. We saw more of physicality and uh, athleticism uh, in the good points, and we saw extremely poor fundamentals in the bad points. So you, it's kind of like relying on your athleticism uh, at any point, and that's more or, the, more or less what the Colts did for the vast majority of this game, man, it burned them bad because yeah, relying on your athleticism against uh, one of the biggest and most freak ash, uh, set of athletes, when you look at Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, you know, then you've got Sammy Coates on the other end, and the Steelers really didn't have any uh, wide receivers healthy other than that. You know, they had a couple guys that were uh, doing their job, but that's about it. I mean, the rest of the guys were even pretty injured. Uh, Eli Rogers was uh, effective a couple times, had a couple pa- uh, catches for 36 yards. But, I mean, other than that, Green, their uh, tight end, caught two big balls for 67 yards. But other than that, it was just Brown. I mean, five catches, 91, and three scores. Uh, that's uh, pathetic, to say the least. It's just it's just bad. 23 carries and 120 yards for Le'Veon Bell makes me sick. Uh, for the most part because he wasn't you know we see our running backs dance in the backfield they get tackled in the backfield you have an elite athlete and a fantastic ball player like Le'Veon Bell who can tiptoe in the backfield cut right now and make uh, you know a six or seven yard gain without even uh, breaking a sweat and maybe it's uh, a little mixture of his athleticism and his uh, specialties against 
uh, a really bad Colts defense. And ultimately, we saw everybody but Scott Tolzien, for the most part, fall apart against uh, a, a Steelers team that's extremely beatable. You know, uh, I just think that uh, this was uh, a wasted opportunity, and it wasn't Scott Tolzien that wasted it. It was everybody else, uh, the wide receivers, the coverage guys, I mean, everybody, the secondary, uh, to the linebackers, to the defensive line. We didn't see anything from anybody. I don't know that anybody heard Henry Anderson's name tonight. Uh, T.Y. McGill was in there. I didn't see a whole lot from him. He was pretty decent. You know, Hassan Ridgeway did a pretty good job. But ultimately, these are just very baseline uh, performances, and nobody stood out. So this is just, look, spare yourselves uh, trying to look silly by calling for, for jobs after a game when luck doesn't start. But also, at the same time, don't be silly enough to say that if luck was in the game, the Colts would have won. Because like I said, everybody but the quarterback tonight looked like crap. If, if that's what you want to uh, do for your hot take on Twitter or tell your friends or whatever, just uh, reel it back a bit when it comes down to it. Remember, the Colts had uh, a Steelers team that they should have beaten in Lucas Oil tonight. And the entire team, except the guy who was not expected to do anything, was the ones who let the Colts down. And that's almost, I mean, that might be the biggest takeaway of the game is that everybody but Tolzien probably should have just stayed home. But what, what do we do? Colts come back December 5th, travel to the Jets. It's, uh, it's a game that the Colts absolutely desperately need to win to get back to 500 uh, because they've got, you know, uh, a series of games here on the back end of this uh, schedule of theirs that they absolutely have to take advantage of if they want to make the playoffs. And right now it's not looking so great. We hope that Luck and uh, Gathers get themselves through the concussion protocol and can uh, take steps to play in the next game because we need them. But we need everybody else to get their heads out. I mean, this just was a terrible performance uh, for the most part, with, like I said, against a very beatable Steelers team. This might be the first time that if everybody's playing on point and everybody's got their heads on, uh, the Colts should have been in this game and should have had uh, the opportunity to make a fourth quarter run at this game. And and they didn't. And so that's disappointing. But, uh, you know, kudos to Scott Tolzien. I'm proud of him. As Colts fans, you guys should be too, that he uh, stepped up and, you know, took a ton of hits. And uh, this is another reason, you know, when you sit there and, and say, you know, Andrew Luck takes too much time to throw the ball. Stop listening to the talking heads on TV, okay? That isn't the issue. The issue is that he is getting rocked every game. Tolzien got rocked tonight. It had nothing to do with Tolzien holding the ball too long. It had everything to do with that offensive line just – being terrible and we can be uh, hopeful because of their youth and uh, that we see some stretches where they protect really well but ultimately Philbin's not doing his job when you look at the offensive line as a whole his coaching job is not proving to have done anything and that that's unfortunate as well so the Colts have a lot of areas they need to uh, get significantly better on not only that but they have to get healthy again all over again you know they had the bye they got healthy now the Colts have five, six guys right now that they have to depend on to get healthy again, you know, they like until December 5th, and that's when they play next. They have a little mini-buy here, get a little a few extra days in uh, of uh, relaxation, and hope they come back strong because the, the Jets' offense is pretty pathetic itself, and uh, their only strength is their defense, and their run defense is pretty darn good. 
Uh, so we need luck there in the back just to be able to keep that uh, run defense you know, honest. So hopefully not another performance like this the rest of the year from the majority of the team. That's, I mean, just very concerning in, in my opinion that they just dropped the ball in a game that they should have been the ones being the strong point. And if they all showed up, Colts are in this game regardless of who's the quarterback. So what are we going to do? But that's the end of our week here at Locked On Colts. Thank you guys. I uh, hope that everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving. I hope that you guys all ate well. I hope that you were able to see your family, love and hug the ones that you love the most and were able to spend time with them. Uh, everybody get to hug and kiss your kids, your family, uh, everybody, you know, husbands, wives, all of that. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys get out and get a chance to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating and review on uh, iTunes or Stitcher, anywhere you guys get this, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I know I enjoyed my time with my family, and I hope you guys did too, but I will talk to you guys next week. Let's have ourselves a nice uh, weekend to uh, forget about that one, watch the rest of the games on Sunday, enjoy uh, enjoy this weekend without uh, any heart attacks on Sunday from the Colts, uh, put this one in the rearview mirror, and I'll talk to you guys all on Monday, right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked On Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17